0: Hello and welcome to They Just Get It. I'm your host, Tyler Chisholm, and I'm excited as I
1: often am. I think today
0: is even a little bit more special for me because we've been trying to get this lined up for a while. How long has it been? Six months? Eight months? Oh,
1: I don't know. A while. A little
0: while. A little while. I'm sitting here with Miss Michelle Cameron Coulter, someone I think who almost needs no introduction, but I'll start right at the beginning. And I read online, I don't know if this is true, were you the first Albertan to win a gold medal in the Olympics?
1: The first to win a summer Olympic a summer. gold medal. Okay, yeah. great for clarifying. Yes. Mm-hmm. So
0: this story, I think we've been chatting a little bit offline, and I think there's a lot of topics we're going to get into today. Maybe start at the beginning. You were an Olympian. You... Failed swimming lessons, but yet won a gold in synchronized swimming.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> I, I'm picking a place to randomly start because based on what we're chatting about, there's a lot of twists and turns that we're going to go through today. So mm-hmm. maybe give us a little bit of the base. How did you? How did you get even involved in that? And how did it? Well, oh my god! Where? How did it unfold? <laughs> <laughs> That's
1: one big question. I know
0: it is. We'll, we'll 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 get into it, but maybe start at the beginning. Olympic sure. gold medal.
1: That's huge. Th- that is, and and probably the least likely person. As a kid, to think that that would have happened, I I actually grew up in a blended family of ten kids, where we yours, mine, and ours on steroids. <laughs> oh, so you grew up in a blended. Okay, Wow. I grew wow, up in a 10. blended family. Yeah, there was ten of us, and uh, Brady Bunch is what Brady first, comes, Bunch, first yes, comes to mind. Yeah, Brady Bunch, and and uh, and then my mom had four. Met my dad. He had five. He adopted us all, and then they had one together, and. Um, swimming was a life skill. My parents said you're not allowed to go in the lake or in the water unless you learn how to swim, and I actually failed my first level four times because I was so afraid of the water. So really, and how how old mm-hmm. were you? Like, um, was that like super young? Like yeah, I think I finally passed around ten or so, and it was. The fourth attempt. Four times, just to be clear. Fourth <laughs> attempt, yes. And um, there was a little boy in the class, and he kept jumping in and turning around and grabbing onto the side because you had to jump into the deep end and grab that pole. And uh, she said, you better not do that. Or one of the, these times you're going to hit your chin. And that was me. I turned around, grabbed, boom, hit my chin on the bottom, on the side of the pool, and went down to the bottom. And while I'm lying... Well, you actually kind of
0: pseudo-knocked yourself out. I
1: knocked myself out, literally, somewhat. And I'm on the bottom looking out in, in this dazed... Phase, kind of going. This is not so bad. (laughs) That's so interesting. (laughs) That's how I let go of that fear. It kind of floated up to the top. Trauma can be a teacher. (laughs) Trauma can be a teacher, and it's interesting. I don't know why they call it the dead man's float because when you relax, you actually float, and when you're tense, you sink. Like we do, like when we're afraid of things. Yes. We and when we let go, that's when we can find out what we can really do. So. Yeah. Interesting. Never in a million years thought that I would fall into the sport of synchro because with 10 kids, we were always active. And um, my mom and dad dropped my sister and I off for swim lessons to try out for the Aquabells, which I didn't even know what synchronized swimming was back in those days. And uh, they came back two hours later and uh, we had made the club and we had to be back at five o'clock the next morning. So we were 12 and 13, which was really late to start. My sister and I started okay. at the same time. So, but I had a lot of great mentors at that time because they'd been swimming five and six years already. So I started to excel just watching what they were doing. So, you know, I talk so much about the importance of mentorship. And so that really helped me move along the way. And but still, it wasn't an Olympic sport, so I would have never foreseen that. That wasn't my dream as a kid. It was just an activity. Was
0: it, I've been involved in different sports. I had mentioned my niece and nephew before and they Mm -hmm. were involved in hockey and figure skating and they switched quite a few years ago to rowing because it was a very competitive, almost borderline a toxic environment where they went to the rowing community and it was inclusive and family oriented. Mm -hmm. Was swimming more of an inclusive, like was it a a tight knit, was it a family environment?
1: Um, Yeah. I mean, you're on teams, which was great. Um, It was a a super intense sport though. We were, like, in the end, the last few years of my career, training six to eight hours a day. Uh, So, I mean, you have lifelong friendships, for sure, through sport. Um, Well, through shared
0: struggle. Nothing unites like shared struggle. Right, Six to uh, eight hours in the pool is a real thing. Yeah.
1: (laughs) And pushing yourself (laughs) to new levels. My husband is actually an Olympian as well, um, two Olympics, and he played volleyball. And actually, our kids all followed his path of which, you know, and people go, you guys are both Olympians. Like there must be a lot of pressure on your kids. And we're the totally opposite of that. Like it's, we were both late late bloomers in our sport. He was too. And we just wanted our kids to be in activities that they loved for what sport is good for. Like that community you were talking about and having that team environment. And I do love the sport of volleyball because you, you learn by making mistakes and like, And you cannot perform without every single person on the court. Like, it's an ultimate team environment. So I'm very grateful my kids all... Ended up taking up that sport as well. So it's, they have friends all over the world. My oldest is playing pro in Belgium right now and she played for the national team four years and they have friends all over the world. So that community that you build through yes. sport
0: is huge. Yeah. And it's so important about who you know. And I think, like what mm-hmm. you said, it's a sport where you, fi- you you fail by making, you learn by making mistakes. There isn't much in life that isn't like that. Right. But we put this huge pressure on us that mistakes aren't acceptable. But yet, that's just not how learning happens.
1: Yeah. Because we only see, we tend to look at, the finished product, Uh, which it's, you know, well, take the Olympics, for example, you see that three minutes, that's the finish, the pinnacle of everything, right? And, and it's finished product. That's an interesting way to look at it, right? And you see that person who is the CEO, or you see, you know, uh, we see success um, often at the top of the podium. Yes, we do. We don't see Everything that it's taken. Well, we we celebrate
0: it, we augment it, we do spots on it, we video it, we put it on YouTube. Like it's it's everywhere, but you don't see the story behind the story.
1: And which is what I I appreciate and love so much now of hearing those stories, the up close and personal stories that they share. For example pre-olympics people don't realize that i don't think there's one person that hasn't made it to the podium or who has made it to the podium or the top of any industry that hasn't had those big bumps and bruises along the way and that's what gives them that fortitude to to be able to, to put, do it
0: to push through when did you how old were you when you won when you won gold 25 and you got started when you were 13. Right. I'm, that's an interesting, that's, that's a fairly long period of time. But mm-hmm. when you were a child, that was your life. Yeah. Did you ever, did you ever almost like, did, was it a clear path or was there oh. moments when you're like, <laughs> sorry, that was almost a ridiculous <laughs> question. I already know the answer. I'm yeah. setting up the answer. Um, was there any times where you're like, what am I doing? I'm out. I'm quitting. I'm not going to do um, it.
1: Like... Well, do you know what's interesting? Because I because I didn't start till I was 13, there was actually a lot of kids quitting at that time because they were burnt out. They had been swimming five, six years already. So that's why I'm really... Oh, that's interesting. Really pretty... Not adamant, but we talk about, you know, not specializing so early and um, having uh, a more rounded background, like being able to enjoy more things and not specializing so fast. So because I... Because I started later, um, it was still also new, and my learning curve was was very quick. That way, yeah, you were starting. You were mm-hmm. you were year one. They were year five. That's mm-hmm. a different learning curve. Mm-hmm. So keeping that fun in it, um, somehow finding that joy in it, and and for sure there was times that I you know I I remember the first year swimming being so scared, like thinking about that kid that was you know failed her swimming lessons four times because it was tough you jump in that late it's it's tough right away so i i was you know no summers off after that it was full board but i just never kind of thought twice so it's you go to practice next day and i think one of the things just becomes ingrained in in your life right and um just feeling like i had amazing coaches through my career that um when you feel you can go into work or into practice and improve something every day, that's the drive that keeps us going. I think that was a big thing for, for myself and finding finding fun in it. You know, I'm I I I when we were talking before we came on here, I said I was going to share here's my new philosophy. Oh, okay. Excellent. Mm-hmm. I'm all yours. And I don't know if I'm diverting from your original question. That's but okay, we're just no. going with the flow. No, this here. is this is a conversation. Okay. There's no <laughs> rules. It's a conversation. Please <laughs> My philosophy is around um, nap, snack, and play are way to our. You told ultimate. me this one night at a cups event. We were yes. talking, and you shared this with me. Um, nap, snack, and play, and I, I'll add W squared onto that. Okay. So I'm going to do workshops around this, and and the philosophy is um, nap, snack, and play. You watch little kids when they're little, and um, you know preschool, and if they get cranky or whatever, you know, there's nap si- nap time in preschool. Yes. Snacks. There's snack time uh, your, your, and play. Your,
0: your blood sugar is a bit low. We need to get some snacks in, <laughs> right? And you right? Get
1: some food. Like cr- you, know. So nap, snack, and play. High-performance athletes too. Nap, snack, play. If we are not having a nap, take resting, taking care of ourselves, snacking, eating properly, and finding joy in it. See, oh. Yes. Right. If you are not taking care of yourself, high performance, and then the W square, and this is for my women's groups, that okay. I, okay. is wine squared, like wine, being able to get out the things that are bugging us.
0: I wasn't sure which wine you were referring right. to, but I'm assuming but there's But then we more. have a glass of wine uh, after that. Okay, absolutely. Okay, Wine's
1: but spare. it's like, you know, because we hold in so much, I think, you know, so when we're having those challenges. Well, it's
0: the carry the burden mindset. And right? some, somehow that's a that's our cross to bear, yeah. that we choose to bear. No one puts it on us, but we feel like it's still right. not our choice. It's very and interesting.
1: And so, I, I think that's a commonality between all of us thinking, oh, I got to have myself together and I need to know exactly what yes, I'm doing. Yes, that's neither a male nor a female challenge. That's a, that's a universal. Right. So, I know we sidetracked from our, okay. I can't remember what your question was before, but.
0: Not, neither can I, because clearly <laughs> I, I think I was talking about the journey from 13 to 25 of mm-hmm. being a gold medalist and.
1: Was there times that I wanted to quit? Yep. Yeah. Yeah. As,
0: yeah. To put it, to put it point blank.
1: Yeah. And, and for sure it, it, there, there were, and it's just, um, and I think when we get burnt out, that's one of the times when you would just feel and, and realizing how important, you know, athletes taper and taking that time to recoup and just kind of feeling like, okay, maybe I'm missing other things. But then it was that, that drive to kind of, here's the goal, just taking the time to recoup, step back a little bit and then jump back in again. So, so.
0: those, those three fundamentals of a snack, nap and play, was that part of your training? Like, was no, that, no, no, I, I, I didn't think so. that, I didn't that's think an evolution so. now that's of just
1: really understanding, um, getting the best out of ourselves when we think that we need to just push hard, push hard, push hard. Sometimes you need to step back a little bit. And I reflect now on the times when, uh, you know, needing to taper. I remember, when I saw I'm like you don't miss practice ever you're never a minute late yep. you know unless you're like in the hospital and bleeding you know <laughs> you just don't unless you're dead be unless here for practice yeah. even then you should show up yeah. yeah and so I remember one time coming to practice and I was like had a fever of 104 but I thought I, I can't miss practice and I got sent home like you can't make everyone else sick so that that drive to feel like you cannot for any reason not be there you know What an
0: incredible foundation for building the person that you are today, Mm -hmm. for example, going through that. And I've said, I said to you before offline, when we were chatting, the people I've talked to on the show that have done intense sports at a very intense level, any type of endurance athletes, the amount of time they've spent kind of dealing with their own with them with their own selves like it's like Mm -hmm. you're having a little fireside chat with yourself Mm -hmm. all the time Mm -hmm. it's really defining in terms of the level of insight you get about what makes you tick what doesn't as you as we slowly go through this evolution of learning our own selves Mm -hmm. we spend so much time in this body but yet we are so disconnected from it sometimes
1: (laughs) (laughs) to stop and ask those questions right Uh, well we just do do
0: do work 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 do harder try harder go go longer and do
1: do i when am i going to get it
0: Yes. When yep. am
1: I going to get it right? And realizing that that's an evolution as too, as well. Like I, I, I can tell you, standing on the top of the podium, I can tell you everything that we did wrong too, right? And you're you're the, you're the best in the world. You still find the things that you did wrong, as opposed to like, holy crap, like, that's pretty amazing.
0: Did the twenty five year old you who had spent her last, you know, twelve years working towards that goal even if you didn't know it was at your time. Did you enjoy it at the moment? Would you enjoy Definitely it more tons. if you went back?
1: <clears throat> um Good question. I don't know. There were definitely times I enjoyed, definitely times I was like, "Oh my god, like what the heck are you doing?" But you're
0: standing on the podium. Yeah, like did, that we, was we, surreal. We, we talked about imposter syndrome. Did you mm-hmm. feel like an imposter standing up there, or did you feel like we made it, we earned it? Like we are here?
1: definitely earned it and made it, but still very surreal to be. I can going, only the, imagine the best in the world, and the whole world is watching at that point in time because you're really isolated when you're doing your thing, and then all of a sudden the world is opened and watching what you're doing. Yeah,
0: there's no audience when those long hours in the pool. Right. There's, there's not. Maybe mom is cheering in the stands or, or a relative, but you're not in front of the world. You're mm-hmm. not on, you're not on the world stage, but you you'd done it a lot. you have done other competitions. Obviously it's not just, yeah. you're not leaving the Calgary pool and going to the Olympics. There's right. a lot of stuff in between. World
1: championships leading up to it. And lots of, I, I actually, I'll share a couple, um, pivotal, I can't get the word out now. This morning. not enough coffee.
0: <laughs> we can, we can fix that. I can, I can have that problem solved.
1: <laughs> but I remember, um, leading up to the, our first world championships, like at, been swimming a couple of a few years already paired up with carolyn waldo after the 84 olympics um we were uh going to our first world championships in indianapolis and um our first year swimming as a pair and our main competitors were the Jay twins who had been swimming together for 16 years and they were identical and we were swimming in their hometown and yeah. That so feels insurmountable a little bit from the outside. A little bit of odds. This is like us. a movie plot. This is like right? as it thickens
0: and this is, yeah, absolutely. Yeah.
1: And uh, probably about a month before we left, uh, training again, our uh, six to eight hours a day. And, and our coach has the mic that we can hear above and below the water when she's correcting us. And, um, you know, one of those coaches where, I mean, she was amazing, came up and all you need is a look, you know, and it's like, okay, what did, what's, what, what did I do here? And she goes, and she stopped me in the middle of, um, a drill and said, how would you do it if you were already a world champion? Mm. And that was one of those moments that it just shifted the way I thought, you know, and how would you hold yourself? How would you think? Um, I, I, I believe that confidence comes from doing, like you just don't wake up confident, like you, it comes from doing. So it's those little things. And, you know, you talk about the imposter syndrome. It's like, you have to go, okay, this is what we're going for. Now you need to get that in your cells, right? Yes. And just
0: at a deep rooted like belief lives in your DNA as right? well. Right. Yes, absolutely.
1: And then put it aside. Like don't think about it. Interesting because we get to the world championships and um, like I said, against the odds and Carolyn and I drew first to, to compete and the Jays drew last in their hometown. Um and I remember reading on the big huge bulletin and there's 10,000 people watching us we had never swam in a pool like that before um and it said Canada number 1 because we were the first competitors and we went yeah that's that's us yeah we it <laughs> they got to see it. the best yeah. ones yeah. first um we're we're different that makes us unique no one knows what to expect of us let's just go out there and this honestly was our our motto we would shake out each other's hands like get the nerves out and take our index fingers and buzz them together so we'd be on the same wave (laughs) your little idiosyncrasy and then we would literally our motto was like okay let's go out there and have fun we worked our butts off no one knows what to expect let go of the expectations and just go and do what we know and uh we ended up winning our first world championships against the odds and you go like, oh my God, okay. So, so you, you guys won that we event? We won.
0: Well, because you are already number one. It said it right on right. the board. Yeah, <laughs> right. it said it there.
1: You have to the put power there. of the
0: frame, how you frame things in your mind is it's so powerful. It is
1: so powerful. And so then you go, okay, the best in the world, how do, you, how do you get better than that? And it's still three more years before the Olympics, right? So all the growth that happened in that period of time was incredible because our competitors pushed us to be better. Because it, you could easily go, okay, we're the best in the world. We can like sit back and, you know, and and I remember um, before the Olympics, we were we had won every, uh, uh, you know, worlds. So you have your same competitors that you're competing against every year. Yeah, because you're, you're all you're all at that same level, and you're right? All, yeah, absolutely. And so, um, and just the pre Olympic meet was the first um, time the Jays had beaten us like months before the Olympic games. So it was just it, again go back focus on you have to know your competition, but know where your strengths are. Don't over-focus on the outside. Right, cause... focus on your strengths. And uh, so I remember um, uh, at the Olympics, the Jays swam before us, and we were swimming last, and uh, they had four tens out of seven tens, And I'm like, that's a lot of 10s, <laughs> you know. <laughs> and uh it's got per, some weight to it <laughs> right and and we're we're waiting to swim last and and we were talking about you know the energy that you create in those environments and um you know i don't want carolyn to know i'm nervous but this is the olympics and you know it's like it, all the things going through your mind they, when the they, state the stakes are high yeah and and they talk about um n- so much of it being in your mind and it 100 is because you, everyone's done the same training to get there. And when it comes to where you can get your mind to be in that moment in time and it, and to keep it in that place, like I remember being in that holding room going, okay, that's a lot of tens, and like, holy crap, this is the Olympics. And we had just had um, our first gold medal for Canada like a few days before, who was Ben Johnson and... Then, of course, yes, the medal got we, taken we, yes, away. we all
0: remember that happening. Yeah,
1: and very devastating for the country, but also opening up a whole new conversation around that. Um, but there was tremendous amount of pressure on us at that time. It was like, does this, bring, does this uh, put more pressure on you to bring the gold back for Canada? Well, no, and yes, if you ask us 100 times a day, because we yes. were one of the, the medal hopefuls. So anyway, I, I remember again watching the jays and then getting ready to go we're in the holding area there's a 50 meter pool that's totally quiet and i'm jumping a little more than normal and you know buzzing shaking out carolyn's hand buzz we get up to the doors to go out and to swim and and i turned to my coach and i said what do we need to win and this rash went up her neck. And I'm like, just kidding. Like, you cannot think about what are the marks we need. You need to think about what we're doing, Absolutely. right? Be
0: truly in the moment. In the moment. Because all the rest really doesn't matter. Right. It all has to fade away. Because yeah, it's so, all just the story.
1: Exactly. So if I was focusing on that, so it was like, you know, get back to what you need to focus on because those things are out of our control. Like it's a judge sport. Like you have yes. to put, you, you have no control over that. So all you can do is go out there and do the best that you can do. And uh so I, I remember walking out and just kind of, you know, um seeing the stands full. Once again, you can't be thinking about that. There's like 10,000 cameras on one side and then there's like, you know ten thousand people on the other side and lots of canadian flags because they love the canadians in in korea and i i uh, caught one set of eyes right before i swam in that whole big crowd it was actually my mom oh that's
0: awesome your family was there that's
1: yeah i had three of my because not everyone could go there was a handful of them there but i remember diving in and the very first like that's home once you get in the water everything else is like you know um, that must
0: be interesting because it's quiet. It's like there's right? a whole different world underneath there.
1: Yeah, and you know we've you know we've done that routine a bazillion times with weight belts on and a minute and a half rest in between. And I've passed out how many times doing it because <laughs> you know you had to do it three times in a row. And we only had to do it once. Really, really good at the Olympics, right? So, well, exceptionally well at the yes. Olympics. And I remember getting in and going is is it number is it one or is it two and then just telling myself just shut up like literally trust yourself at this point right and let go and that's where we get out of thinking so much and trusting that you're in this situation because you've worked hard to be here and just and just well allowing that flow to happen yeah allowing that flow so it is 90 percent. like we can talk ourselves out of so many things and question ourselves you know, so much. And, and it was, and I look back and it's so interesting to see how many times we get in those situations of um, what we're saying to ourselves. Oh my God,
0: the story we tell ourselves and our ability to like, I can sell myself all kinds of weird ideas in my
1: head. (laughs) And that's why um, being able to be in a peak performance state is those three fundamentals I was talking about is being able to take care of ourselves because when we're tired or we're, you know, we're pushing too hard. We can't think straight. We were talking about that, about what you do in your industry. You can't see the label for being in the bottle. Absolutely. Right? So when you when you step out and you can breathe, like I'm going to ask yourself and everybody that's listening, I mean, think about it. When do we have our best clarity and we're able to be at our purest um, form of thinking and being? I don't know how many people do it, but I wake up at two, three in the morning and have clarity like crazy because there's not all the pressures of the world and you might have had... Well, the hum, the noise
0: settles down a bit. Yeah. And we've never been in an environment where we have more sources of distraction. Yeah. Whether it's our phones or social media, it's all vying for our attention. But you're right. It all just creates, it creates noise.
1: Yeah. So That
0: moment of being able to dive into it, but was, and not to get too far into this, was the sports psychology side of things, was that really prevalent at that time? Or has that become more over the last oh my 10, gosh. 15 years? Um,
1: we were at the the beginning of that um, sports psychologist, exercise physiology. Like it was all just really new then. Versus exercise, just train hard, do it right. Right. Because exercise physiology, okay, we started training with heart rate monitors on, like, why are you passing out? because well, your heart rate is down to 1 is down to 40 when you're holding your breath and exerting your energy that high and it's shooting up to 180 when you take a breath of air so yeah no wonder you're passing out so you got to figure out it's how a little to, bit taxing the system yeah taxing the system so to so understanding what our bodies are doing and then psychology because back then if you needed a psychologist you don't have your you don't have your stuff together
0: yeah no absolutely there's something wrong with you yeah there's something wrong with you
1: and more and more how like in this day and age too with anxiety and stress etc being able to talk about it being able to go through what's going through your mind in that time and how do we shift that how do we
0: back to the 90 percent mental right but if we're not training that if you just like overdo and just go do more and more physical without like but yet the brain is the biggest contributor to your success or failure
1: right um we were talking earlier i have four kids that honestly have taught me more than like I learned a ton through sport but I'm telling you what I've learned through my my children of just really understanding what did you actually learn um my uh oldest one who's 26 now but when she was in grade six did a science project on the effects of positive and negative thoughts on our energy and I thought okay how are you going to do that but she's like mom this is what i want to do it on so i'm i'm sharing this because we'd realize how powerful that is and she she did it on um the first part was kinesthetic like what we say to ourselves actually changes our body's physiology like if you say she was doing that in grade six yes. just
0: pausing to really just yeah. appreciate as a mom how
1: yeah. how inspiring that must have been for you to see that and learn from it oh yeah she's she's taught me some, I wasn't the one that helped her (laughs) with her project. She's the other way around. I'm going, how are you going to do this, honey? Um, So yeah, the physiology. So when you say, or we say I am strong and invincible, our body's physiology, if I was to try and push your arm down, if you were holding it out to the mm-hmm. side and being strong, if you say that it, your physiology is much stronger than if you say I'm weak and insignificant, our body. Using muscle testing. Muscle testing. Exactly. Very interesting. So the second part she did is she planted bean seeds because beans grow quickly and she did a positive control and a negative and the same soil, the same sunlight, the same water, the control was left alone. The positive, she said positive things too and played positive music too. I was going to say play music. Yep. And the negative, she took in the bathroom and yelled at three times a day. And she came out and she goes, Mom, I hate doing this part. Uh, well, I wish you could see on the podcast, but I will show you a picture. And um, the negative grew about 0.5 centimeters a day. The control grew about a centimeter a day. And the positive grew about two centimeters a day. The what, a,
0: what a powerful physical uh, experiment to do when you're in grades, when you're in grade right. six. Well,
1: anytime. Like yeah, no, for at, sure.
0: You're doing it now. I'm well, just thinking okay. about how formative right. that must have been.
1: Yeah. And the, a, and the
0: impact on your whole family. Cause everyone saw that. Everyone's yeah. there.
1: And it's a plant. So they realizing that, you know, for her to have this idea to do this, and then also like, look at the outcome of this. Of, and then you, and then around that time to you heard a lot about the water. Um I can't remember the, the gentleman from
0: you, yeah, you're talking about the study where they actually used water under a microscope yes. and they said different words to it and they actually showed how the right. water was... Res- I was going to... That's awesome you bring that story up. Like love looked a very specific way, right. but hate, the, the water under the microscope looked very different. Yeah, so that was a really interesting experiment. I think it was... Wasn't it a Japanese yeah, it researcher? It was, it was. Yeah, and I so you look at... Okay, so that's... It's funny you bring that up. I haven't thought of that for like 15 very, years. It's
1: very, very cool because... Okay, so if this is a plant or, or water and we're what we're saying to that plant or water and the fact is we have how many 60,000 thoughts that go through our mind a day and they, is amount, that the number 60,000? Well, you can look it up. I, 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 might, making not, a, I, I have, might be making I might have, have to up fact chisel. check that. I was like, you might have to fact. Okay. There's a crap load of thoughts that go through our mind every day. And the fact that so many of them are negative and, and question ourselves. And the great thing is now that we're talking about this and sharing this, the fact that when we're aware of that, we can make a shift because we're, we're oblivious. We can be obli- oblivious to it and realize like, um, you know, when I talk about to how important breathing is, um, when we're stressed, we're not breathing. Our mind can't think. Oh, no, we short breathe out of our throats and right? we starve our brains of oxygen. Uh, well, even uh, go back to that waiting room, the holding room before uh, Olympics, I was yawning. I was yawning. And the ref is like, are we boring you? And, and my body was automatically trying to, trying to access more oxygen to, yes. to, to think clear to our bodies. will You know, they're amazing what our bodies do automatically, but when we are conscious of it, then we can go, okay, and, and we do have control over that of what we're, what our mind is thinking when we're one, aware, and then two, shifting it by asking ourselves better questions are changing our focus immediately. So, yeah, going back to Alyssa, you know, you know, grade six, doing this study of how how profound that was. And this is a, a young girl that, I mean, all of us feel like there's days that we cannot fit anything else m- more More yet. into our life. And we're stressed. Like, I mean, know oh, every single person that's listening to her has those days. And then that's why I'm going back, get to the fundamentals, nap, snack, play, like take care of ourselves. It's do not underestimate how important that is. Uh, but I remember one of these days, particularly again, when she was like 10, the profound insights that this young woman has, um, rushing late heading out in the van in the garage garage door opens and uh, Alyssa's opens the door when I'm leaving and said mom remember I love you and remember the energy you put out is the environment you create and I'm like oh my god (laughs) did you cry a little bit like it's it's almost emotional now hearing you tell the story but it was like you know when you're in that mode of like you know and it's like oh my god like hit you up the side of the head going how profound is that like how if you if we take one thing from this the energy we put out the environment we create for ourselves for those around us uh, you know in a stressful situation Again, if we're taking care of ourselves, can we handle that situation better than if yes. I know I am not good if I if I'm not eating or grazing through the day? Like Al's like, ah, get her some food. Like it's like I. Oh, I my go, wife is the same. Like, I get oh, Tyler, have
0: you not eaten? Because you're getting. I get a little bit silly and Creaky. I turn into a bit of an ass.
1: <laughs> yeah, we can't think as well. I right? love what
0: your daughter did there. She did something I learned about in some coaching I did years ago. She did a pattern interrupt. She yeah. per- by saying "I love you." Yeah. So, what can we put in our own days also to interrupt the pattern? Yeah, and it's a little moment. Sometimes it's just even grabbing your own hand. And it's yeah. doing oh, yeah. something to create an anchor because we get so caught up in the flow of the moment, which is the stress or the reality. Yeah. I'm running here. I'm running there. Just pause. And the fact that, you know, I love you is a great pattern to interrupt yeah. because no matter when someone says that to you, it gets your attention.
1: Or if, or if someone comes up to you and it's giving you a hug when the last thing you want, what you really do want is that at that yes. moment in time. You might not want it, but pattern? you, but you need it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And how many of us can't use more than that? You know, it's interesting you say that because when I finished swimming and we were talking about this earlier, understanding how the mind works and how we can. Hit that peak performance, and you know, peak performance is not every day. We can have more. I I remember asking uh, Stephen, not asking him, but an interview with Stephen Covey, okay. Seven Habits of Highly yeah. Effective People. Um, someone asked him, "What percent of the time do you live at those seven habits?" And he said, "Oh, if I'm living at them sixty percent, I am doing outstanding." So the standard of which we think we need to be to be at that peak performance, we need to adjust because we can't sustain at that. It's such an interesting
0: frame because that gives some permissibility because I think right. there is an illusion of superhero syndrome right. where we're all, imposter syndrome. we're having a lot talking about a lot of syndromes today, but that superhero syndrome of the the always, only ever acting one way and only ever being at the peak mm-hmm. back to living up to unrealistic expectations. I think our world portrays through media, pop culture on what perfection quote unquote looks like but then there's reality listen to you talk and being as long as you're better than than the like the majority of the time you're good it's not all the time right let you give yourself some forgiveness to be human
1: well one of my quotes one of my favorite quotes that i am now using that uh, one of my insights was i i believe that being a champion is not about being the best in the world it's about being the best we can be and being real in the process Because that's why I think we find so many challenges after reaching this pinnacle. Like, how do you fill that?
0: Okay. How, how was it? Because you, you retired after the Olympics, correct?
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. How
0: was that trend? Because I've talked to other Olympic had Kyle Schufeld on. He talked about you know being on the plane, sitting beside somebody, the, 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 the subjective environment. He goes, oh, what do you do? I'm an Olympian. He, and now he goes, what do you do? Well, I used to be an Olympian. He's like, right. it was, he had a five-year identity crisis around right. that. I can only imagine that's different journey, but similar for other, for other people.
1: Right. And I think everyone kind of goes through that. It's just the whole world is asking at that place. And you've reached the top that there is in that what arena. What now? What next? What right what, now? What, yeah. Yeah. What do you do with that? Exactly. And it's like, if you can sit back and, and, and anybody that says they don't go through some sort of transition around that is not being real because it is tough. It's a, it's an adjustment of going, okay. (laughs) There's people
0: that admit it and then there's people that lie about it. (laughs)
1: Right. It's like I got, well, I did for a while. Like I got my, I got my world together and no, it was, it was a challenge. It was a real challenge. And, um, you know, just trying to figure out, uh, who am I? Why? What do I want to do? What are my gifts? Um, What's well, such a sense of identity tied into that right? sport and that activity, that thing,
0: which arguably still is outside of you. There's you, and then there's this thing you did.
1: Right, and and, and when you're training that many hours, you're, you know exactly where you need to be, you're told what you need to do, and so, the, you know, and so you're, you're guided, you're, you're very coachable. Uh, you're also now making your own decisions and taking responsibility for your own actions and figuring out what it is that you want to do outside of who you've been at that point. So uh, very interesting, because learning how, I, I had a huge interest of like learning how does our mind work, and we were talking about that earlier, and I remember my brother's saying to me, like, I, I was trying to figure out what it is, and he's he said, um, you should really go, you know, I was taking courses, and I was learning, and um, go see this guy, Tony Robbins, and I'm like, it was like, when you were talking about anchoring, because he does a lot of yes, neuro does. linguistic programming. That et was well, that's where
0: I learned it. Well, I, I did yeah. I, I did NLP, yeah, NLP years ago, and I'm a big Tony fan because yeah. he's Tony. It's yeah. great. So yes.
1: this was this was okay. Like so yeah, we have similar. Yeah, okay. well, when you were doing something, okay, hey, that's Tony's. Yeah. Uh, which mm-hmm. I love because so I ended up. Um, he's like he's doing this conference over in or you know it's like a ten day thing over in Hawaii and it's five grand. I'm going hello i'm like a retired amateur athlete i've got like two cents to my name and he's like well if you want to do it you'll figure it out and i did like within two weeks figured it out went down there and it was it was um oh interesting i did 10 days and it was amazing the things that that back when
0: he was doing the firewalking and all that stuff yeah yeah
1: and I'll, i'll share one thing about the firework that was really cool because i didn't know who he was before i went and most everyone was you know they had done some of his work before then and so if you hadn't done any of his work he was he was breaking the world record for the firewalk so you had to do the short one if you hadn't done it so i'm like okay this is cool i I honestly am so grateful for that experience because what happened for the firewalk you get you know you know into this state Mm -hmm. which is amazing what our bodies can do when we're in that state of mind like moms can lift off lift up cars like i mean when we get in that peak in that in that state well, so we go to do the short fire walk, and halfway through, I'm like, "Oh my God, this is like, are we walking on fire?" And I broke that state, and I actually burnt my foot. Interesting. Which was such a gift. Like, I mean, not bad, but it was, it was, it was a gift because then I'm going, "This is real. This is real." Then I had to go back and really get into that state of mind to break this record, and going like, "That's really fire." Like for me, it was so. I was so grateful that that happened in that order because it pushed me and I understood even more so. You know what I mean? Like, had I just yes, done the fire? Oh, absolutely. yeah, this is like yep. not even real. No, no. You know, um, just really. We learn so
0: much more from those experiences right. than if everything goes quote unquote perfectly, right? Or on, on script. So I
1: don't, I, I, I don't think I really realized how many um, things I took away from that um, experience and that have I have used over the years to really, you know, help understand more. Um, and and again, it's it's not. I love uh, also that you, you don't just get it. It's You, you do things over and over because there's times yes. that we're in more flow in our life and times where we're not. And so there's reminders and they come in different ways. So I was fortunate I, I got to help facilitate some of the courses here in Calgary for years. So what, the more you learn, repetition is the mother of skill you learn by doing. And, and then having reminders of these things when we get in those places where we're going, holy crap, like, you know, I'm having a tough time. We'll get back to the basics again you know, get back to the basics and, and well, for anybody who
0: hasn't go back and listen to personal power the first Tony Robbins, yeah. like it's a great series. There's mm-hmm. so many great strategies, tips, tricks, just a different level of self-awareness.
1: And, 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 and uh, I,
0: Tony's always got a place in my heart from way back when I first encountered him.
1: And whether you're a Tony fan or not, and everybody's like, Oh, that guru stuff. I, I, I or the, you know, rah, rah stuff. Yes. The thing is when we do change our state of mind that is the key to anything that we're going to do and right now I mean it is tough in Calgary there's tough economic times in our province in our country and so we can get Stuck into the the gloom part of it, or going, or what are some of the things that we can do to change those around? It cycles, but
0: it, I think the power is also, you know, I've met a lot of people who are like, well, it's just the way it is, and it's like the world did something to them. It's all ultimately still a choice, mm-hmm. but that's not always obvious for everybody. It's no. like, well, I didn't choose to be in the situation. I'm Like, I agree, you can choose to react to it. Uh, easy for you to say, and there's always a story. Yeah. But being around people or putting yourself in environments that allow you to have a different perspective, mm-hmm. it's critical because mm-hmm. and, and you it, can really get into patterns, good or bad.
1: Yeah. And so, yeah, being able to see that, because like you said, sometimes we can't see it that we're into this, like... You can't see the label
0: when you're inside. Yeah. I love that saying, because it's so relevant, whether you're a business trying to figure out the value you provide to the world, or an individual trying to look in at yourself from the outside and get a different perspective. Mm
1: -hmm. And I think, honestly, the last even month or so, um, just really recognizing, again, one of the most powerful parts of that is that gratitude, finding little things every day that like, what's something I can be grateful for, you know, um, really cha- makes a shift It's the start of it. I had
0: years ago, I had a buddy who went through some transition. His company, but it was back in 08. His company went, they lost 35% of their clients in one month during the mm-hmm. downturn. And I think it was not long after that, he started a gratitude journal. And forced himself every day to write something in the gratitude journal. He would take photos when you're out for lunch with him, put it in the journal. And he said it took him like six, eight months to actually retrain his mind that he'd started to see gratitude and everything versus the first was training the muscle. And it wasn't there. Like, Mm -hmm. oh, this is all bad. He's like, well, yes, you know what? I've got my health. Put that in the journal. I went to yoga today. Put that in the journal. And he talked about how long it took. And he still does it today. I don't know how many tens of thousands of images and quotes he has, but it was that he trained himself to be good at that versus just being upset that he wasn't.
1: And, And that's huge. Like, we think, okay, and to have that patience and persistence around it, because...
0: To stick stick with it.
1: We were talking about this earlier, too. Like, you know, you stand on top of the podium, and everybody's like, oh, you're so... Well, it was over time. Like, it didn't happen overnight. And it's like anything that's um, a worthy pursuit, and our health and well-being is probably the most... Is our worthiest pursuit, because um, without that, we, you know... You can have all the wealth in the world, you can have all the whatever if we don't have our health and our relationships and the things that are really the most important um, and it might sound grandiose, but really it it is the most I think foundational Now My kids are all growing up and leaving the nest and and I realize how much I the things that I cherish about that that is more than anything else in the world, and so it's like you know we can get caught up in the speed of everything and miss. Oh, what is the, actually important it, The, the
0: quote-unquote, the world is conspiring to get us caught up in everything. Like, it's mm-hmm. so easy to do. You have to be very deliberate about it.
1: Mm-hmm. So
0: you went to Tony Robbins. You mm-hmm. got... What, where, where did it go from there? Because I know that you are a coach. I know you're a keynote speaker. Did that unfold? Or was that, did you decide very early on that you wanted to be in this position of influencing people? And
1: you um, know, I'm just curious about how I, the I evolution. How really do we get from 26 to here today? Right? It's a big gap. Well, I think one of well, the not, things that I... It's a small gap, actually. Quite, yeah. yeah, thanks. <laughs> <laughs> I use odor chlorine. I stay young. Um, <laughs> um, I think just one of my... Odor chlorine. I didn't
0: get it at first. Yeah, got it. He's Thank fast. you. <laughs> yeah.
1: Um, Yeah, I'm still on chemical detox after all these years. Um, (laughs) Just, I think, just my belief so much that we, I really believe that we all have so much potential. This little girl who I missed a ton of school when I was little, in and out of the hospitals. I was really sick. They didn't know what was wrong with me. Um, That swimming changed my life, uh, made me stronger in every way, to have that community, to have something to work towards. I look back Um, at that little kid that was really sick and I understand now why she was, uh, uh, you know, my family went through a divorce when I was young and I, and I, I think I held things in and I, I didn't realize that the effect that ha- I'm, I'm just understanding that now, um, when I look at the stress that our young generation has on the things that they're holding in now. Um, I believe that everyone has so much potential. It doesn't matter where you're from, what your backgrounds, you know, what challenges you had growing up. Like, I mean, uh, growing up in a family of 10 kids and when my mom was on her own with four of us, how she made ends meet was a miracle really.
0: It's amazing as you get older and you look back and you realize the perspective, especially around your parents I've had that right. like, oh wow, like married young, had me, things were tough, yeah. not a lot of money. It's like, wow, like they, that was, that was. I'm impressed. Like mm-hmm. it, it, Jane, Just as I get older, I didn't have the perspective when I was younger because right. I just didn't have it. Mm.
1: And then um, through my swimming career, and I talk about this a lot now since I've had some really amazing conversations with my daughters, um, just the pressure that we have on ourselves for that perfection. Um, She did a paper in university and it was on the high rate of eating disorders with women in sport, especially young girls in judge sport. And she said, is this true? And I said, yes, actually it is because I went through uh, eating disorder for my last five years of swimming. Oh, really? From and, early,
0: early 20s too? Yep.
1: And then a good 10 years after. Um, and it was really, really hard because I was holding in this feeling of I need to have all my world together and really, really hard it's on
0: herself. It's, it's another way to exert control. Yeah. Mm, absolutely and,
1: yeah. And, I, uh, and when I started sharing this at uh, speaking and workshops and retreats, the amount of women who, and people, period, like I got messages like from all over just saying oh my god thank you for sharing that because it was like a weight lifted off and tears so many times there's so many people that i i heard from that we are so hard on ourselves and this this feeling and that's why i talk about you know coming from a, i'm a, a recovering perfectionist coming from a sport where it's about perfection to letting go to be able to say you know like that's the that's when you've you know that's the peak performance we don't live in that place when we feel like these expectations of having to be wonder woman these days, yes. which is not sustainable. Yes, we are making changes. There's huge changes happening, but it's not, you know, to feel like we have to have it all together. And if we, if we share that we don't have it all together, that we're not going to achieve that. Actually the, the truth is that when, when we are real, our ability to to excel actually increases so well, and
0: when you do share your vulnerabilities your ability to connect with other people yeah. arguably to me is at the root of every success no one succeeds alone right. the more vulnerable you are we have this story that it has to be perfect but when you're more honest it like actually has a completely yeah. different people then feel that they can connect with you mm-hmm. it's not that you're somehow oh they've always got it all together no we're all still battling that story internally and when you share that I think that there's a hunger for that now in the mm-hmm. media and, and out there more than there's ever been in the last three to five years right? yeah
1: and i think um because expectations have been so high and um and 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 my my perspective but i think the levels of anxiety in our society right now for our youth and it does worry me is that um and worrying is not going to help so what do we do about it we have conversations and we try and diffuse that a little bit more and it's um and it's kind of double edged a little bit because being able to talk about it and also know that we can build resiliency okay so Let's get this out there. And then how do we become stronger? What are the things that we can do to become stronger and be resilient? So we build those muscles in a real way. Like, not like I'm going to go work out and, you know, I can't walk the next day because I worked out so hard because I've tried to, you know, so it's how do we. There's a fine
0: line between a workout and a beating. I've always said. (laughs) So So, as a a mom and as someone mm -hmm. who's actively engaged in the community, what are things like you've obviously had this huge experience with your own family. Mm-hmm. How, how do you approach resiliency with your children? How has that been something you've ingrained or is it, has it happened or like, what do you do deliberately? Cause I'm sure there's people listening right now going, well, what, what can I do? Like, what can I do right now today?
1: That's a big question. But even, you know what, one of the things that I love and w- which I'm now starting in a different way because my oldest Alyssa, I was telling you about is in Belgium. Mm-hmm. She's playing pro volleyball over there. I have my uh, Jacqueline's in London, Ontario going to school out there. My son's working here and my oldest is graduating high school. So our family time looks different. Very much so. It's, um, it's hard to get them all together. Like it'll be two years this summer that we're, since we're all in a room together, that's really difficult. So I, I have started doing family Zooms where I can see them all. On one screen. We're all together. It's funny. I can Got see they, love re- technology. They, te- they tease each other the way they do. Um, but on our family zooms, one of the things that we do that we used to do at the kitchen table when we were all together is everyone share the highlights of their week and their highs and lows. Oh nice. And we 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 start with the low, like where were their challenges so we all understand. So it's not like, oh yeah, just celebrating those successes, but where you know, where were you having challenges and how can we support you in that? And then we always finish off, you know, what do we want to celebrate this week? So resiliency is is um understanding where the challenges are and then how can we help you? How can we support each other? How do you how do you need me to show up for you? We think we know how people need us to show up for them and it's like um uh when you Okay, I'm going to give an example, uh, and I love this example. When uh, when a little one falls, and everyone rushes to their side, and they're like, they start crying, or as opposed to, "You got this. You're going to be okay." Understanding, are you really okay? Or is there something urgent? And then just letting them step up because we can't do that part. Letting for them, them go
0: through that process. Yes, themselves. knowing
1: that we're there, but they also have to step up. I remember when the kids were little and we were out on a ranch. And uh, uh, there was coolies, which I know out east, you didn't, didn't yes. know what coolies I, were. I've lived in Alberta long enough <laughs> yeah. now, I know, you know what they are. You yes. know, the scoop in the ground with the yep. trees. And, yep. and uh, there was a tree that was fallen over this coolie. And uh, the kids were running ahead. The three older ones had ran over this tree, over this quite deep I can picture the scenario, coolie. yes. <laughs> and I was coming up, Grace was coming up, the youngest one, and she started running across it. It was everything for me to not yell, be careful. Had I yelled, she would have Which would have been the worst thing. She would have probably fallen off. Uh, meanwhile, she trucked across like no problem, right? So knowing that we're there and not it's it's hard because there are so many there are so many variables, but knowing that we're there and we're not gonna judge and we're open for conversation also let them build the strength and resiliency. That's the same with a work environment too. Like knowing that we're there, let's be real, let's be human. We're all dealing with things, knowing that we're there. Uh, But then you've got this. Okay. How can we support you? to bring out the best in you. How do we nap, snack and play so that we're strong? I love how you keep
0: bringing it back. <laughs>
1: right, because it's finding that joy because we can get so down in the difficult things that it's like where is that light? You know, so it's so how do we build resiliency? It's the little things every day, right? It's not like um bubble wrapping so that we're protecting. That's what we want to do. I remember um I was speaking at a conference. I don't know how much time we... Oh, we're good. We're good. I was speaking at a conference and I shared the story that I did a little earlier with you about um, when we were going through one of our toughest times. I was pregnant with our fourth baby and uh, we lost everything. Our house, our relationship was in a crappy place, like really bad. Um, That's real. And we were, yeah, we were literally starting all over and and rebuilding. And um, I finally, you know, I, and and I had an angel friend of mine that um, gave us the funds in order to keep my kids in their activities. And it, for Al and I, it's never been about podium. It's been about a healthy environment for them to be in, a physical environment with community and friends, well, etc. Sp- sports have so many cascading benefits. Yeah. I'm a big advocate as well. So we're on our, our way to school, and a fight breaks out in the back seat of the car and I don't know if any of you and that are listening of parents and that ever happens, like, no, he touched me first, no, he touched me and I yeah. had a sister growing up and I'm quite sure her versions of the story would be yeah. all yeah, anyway. Yes. Smack and,
0: I remember it well. Yeah.
1: So I'm like, okay, let's change the environment here. Let's uh let's plan a family trip. We were getting our heads above water. Let's, you know, figure out something fun to do and I'm and I'm thinking they're ten, eight, six and two, they're gonna want to go to to Disneyland, right? And my oldest, Alyssa, at that point, she goes, Mom, can we go back to Mexico? And they all started talking because my birth dad uh, lives down in Mexico in a fishing village six months of the year. And there's shanties behind with little kids that have next to nothing. And And they had been there a few years ago and made friends with the kids mm-hmm. there. And as we know... As kids do. As kids do. You don't have to speak the same language. You know, they, you know... Well, play, arguably play is a universal language. Right? Mm-hmm. And so, um, anyway... She's like, they're all like, oh, can we go back to Mexico and can we bring some more toys for the kids and some toys and get some friends to share some toys too? If we all just shared what we had, there wouldn't be anybody without. And I thought, wow. And she goes, Mom, we're going to need a plane. And I'm like, okay. Well, that was a good trip to school. They get out and because I love when
0: you're ten, like, getting a plane is like, well, yeah, no, we yeah, just whatever. need a plane. Like you don't, you don't, you know, so much as humans, we think about that why we can't before why we should or right. why we can before you know, right. we should. But I love it when you're ten. You're like, well, get a plane. Let's we'll just get, let's just get we'll one. Get a plane. Right? I, need, I need a plane.
1: Meanwhile, our house is in boxes. We're like, uh, it made me feel good that you know. My kids didn't feel like they were without anything. Right. Um, when given the
0: opportunity, they thought of a of a bigger thing.
1: Right. So then, Alyssa comes home from school and she walks upstairs. The kids are there, and she has a little CD. Billy Gilman, who was on Oprah years ago, he was 12 years old, and he he uh, sang the song One Voice. Some kids have, some kids have, and some kids don't. And some of us are wondering why. Mom won't watch the news at night. There's too much making her cry. A thousand words, words, a million prayers. One voice was heard. She goes, Mom, we can call it a gift of love. And I'm like, wow, okay, we planted the seed. Like, you know. So long story short, it was incredible, the little miracles that hopen- happened over the next little bit. We ended up, uh, I called a girlfriend of mine who has four kids, and I said, this is what the kids are thinking. She goes, bring them down. I told you the story of our friend Dawn. Yes, you did. And um, so uh, the kids went down and presented their idea to WestJet at that time. Now, now remember, this is, you know, how many years ago, 2004, and, uh, and they turned and said, you have a plane, and I went, what, like, so literally, there was, my mouth dropped, I just went, Oh, my God. Within six weeks, we ended up having uh, parents phone us. What's this about my daughter going to Mexico with your daughter? I'm going, well, actually, people didn't know this. We didn't know how we were making rent. And this amazing miracle. And you got this
0: thing going on.
1: Yeah, this amazing miracle was happening in front of us. We ended up having um, 70 kids from 22 schools in the city that collected 3,000 packages of love toys, something that meant something to the kids and gently warned. So every shoes. child
0: in that group had a personal connection to the, to yeah. what they were doing. Mm-hmm.
1: And it was something that meant something to them. And then we ended up. What to, an amazing experience. Just to even think about that
0: coming together in right? the period of time that it did. It did. It was like. And miracle. all the logistics and that, but it didn't matter because there was a, it, nothing, are more, like, pow- how nothing how more powerful than a good idea. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. How is this going to happen? And it, it just you know, the kids raised X amount of money, and um, uh, so they hand-delivered 3,000 packages to kids in Ciudad de Carmen because another girlfriend of mine, her husband worked down there, and they got on board and uh, connected up us with the women of the Rotary, the women of the Navy, and, and it was just amazing to watch Um, these kids and a lot of the kids that came with us had never been on a plane before thinking that they're going to help these kids in Mexico in this little village and it was such an amazing thing to watch because the kids there they realized had almost nothing yet were happy and it was this friendship it's like you even know that we're here which really mattered what a
0: life-defining
1: experience it was huge the next year they learned about sustainability and a woman came up from another village Hermosillo and she said would you guys come down to our City and do this, because if we can see what kids can do, here, what can we do in our own backyard and again, like no one knew like we didn't know how we were making ends meet, and here this miracle came out of this, which I look back and I go that's when my company changed from metal inspirations to inspiring possibilities what is the face oh, of possibility yeah oh, okay what is the face of possibility like we all have so much potential we don't know and i shared this story at it was a national conference for fun development and this woman came up to me after and just stunning woman in this like uh red suit and you know power suit. i could yeah i could picture the whole yeah and she was in tears and she said i'm, I'm not going to tell my kids what they cannot do because i think we naturally do that because we want to protect of like what what if it doesn't that happen? would have been
0: so easy to, to quote unquote kill that idea right because reality um you know but when you're 10 you don't get concerned about yeah. things so, like reality
1: so when you know what is possible if you go Such okay a, how can we make this work like so much what should we learn. actually do right and just um you know and sure we're gonna fall down here and there but that's okay. That's when we get back up. That's when we build that resiliency. What if we all went back to, and again, I keep saying naps, now I can play because the kids being an inspiration of this, when we're kids, we're far more, oh, no one's told us that, that that's not possible yet. Or, right. you know, we're not, when in, think back to um, elementary school, kindergarten grade one, when a teacher asks a question, how many hands go flying in the air? Oh, 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 oh. When does that change where it's like, oh, what are they going to think? Or, you know, what if I'm wrong? Or, you know, Joey's going to laugh at me or whatever. So when does that change? And I think our most creative selves are when we're our kids. If we're given an environment to run across that log that's on the, you know, we're going to yes. have safety, but we're not going to hold so tight that we're not allowed to color outside of the
0: Side of the line right
1: get a crayon and who like just because that's the picture that's on the page you can create something else around it right so if we get back to that so you asked earlier you know what has got me on this path is so much in my core i you know it wasn't it was not a simple childhood growing up but a lot of strengths have come from that a lot i i drew from my mom and how resourceful she was um, when we were kids, to and my parents and our family, and you bring the dynamics of ten different, you know, kids of mixed families. That's what our world is. It's different gifts that everyone has, and understanding everyone's strengths, and they come from different places, and they have different stories. And how do we bring out the best in that? And the my favorite question is, if you could do anything you want, what would it be? And then understanding. What is it that's stopping you from doing that? Just to identify it. But that can't be the reason why you do or don't. Because when we identify that, right. then we can start working through it. And Separating
0: so, what's the reality versus what's the story. And mm-hmm. it's, it's those are very blurry lines sometimes.
1: And so that's my passion and, and, and I think, gift that I've been given. Because um, the Olympics was a platform, I believe. The lessons that I learned through that of what my what it is I get to do today and helping bring out the best. What is it that's that you want to do now? How do you create that? How do you create the resources around you to do that? And it is not overnight. It's creating new habits and new patterns to get there. So I'm actually, uh, you know, I'm going to give you two examples, which I love Uh, at the age of um, 81. My mom just won the top seven over 70 for Calgary. My dad and her started a company at 75 and 78. It was not their, I, you know, it, that was not in their plan. But my dad um, was a chiropractor who um, was diagnosed with a um, degenerative disease at the age of 56. They said he wouldn't last to 60 years old. And, uh, and it's very similar to ALS, would lose all of his movement. And his world was about helping people be healthy and vibrant. And so it was really hard to, you know, then lose your ability to, do anything what's your whole identity at
0: that point right it runs the risk of being your identity i should say Mm
1: -hmm. and and he for sure went through major roller coaster in that arena um he we lost him two weeks before his 80th birthday which was a gift to have him that that long um in the last five years because he did a lot of natural things outside of just you know he wasn't in pain and these, it was, you know, here's meds for this. He said, well, if you tell me that it's not going to shut down my organs, then fine. But if it's not, I'm not in pain. Right. So he prolonged his life and, um, but there came a point where he couldn't get dressed on his own. So very frustrating. And my mom came out with a pair of scissors and cut his favorite pair of pants. She goes, I'll, I'll have those fixed for you and came back with a zipper in it. And, and my brother comes over and goes, Hey mom, that's a super fly. And next thing you know, she's adapted all his clothes because we all like to look good. When we dress, we feel better. We, you know, instead of staying in our pajamas all day, which some days we want to, and that's okay. But you can't do that every day. Um, so the caregivers are like, you need to do something with this. And at 75 and 77, they start at Superfly. And it gave my dad purpose again because they were delivering. Oh, what a great story. Yeah, so they're delivering, you know, going on delivery in their little van and you know changing people's lives that getting out
0: there connecting with people giving people yeah. a sense of identity back that yeah has been and lost dignity through. and yeah, absolutely and
1: feeling um that you know they they can still look good and not take an hour to get dressed and you know so this was started out of love it's and it's you know it's not easy starting a new company but no it's it, no it's not terrific. but when you,
0: when you when you're passionate about it though it's amazing right? how much energy you have for it
1: so you look at the face of possibilities you know from you know 10-year-old kids to my mom and dad who are 75 and 78 and now she's 81 and you know what we what are we really capable of so I am my whole thing about inspiring possibilities sharing stories of um, I'm doing an inspiring possibility series sharing stories of of people who have excelled in different areas from you know whether a CEO of a company, mm-hmm. an athlete, there's
0: that, so many different versions of that.
1: Uh, who, yeah, somebody who's come through challenges and then their life shifts. Like Crystal Phillips, who I love to beans. She started the Branch Out Foundation. She was an Olympic uh, level um, speed skater. Uh, woke up in with no feeling from her chest down. Um, had MS came through recovering and then woke up without eyesight and then kind of went, oh, I need to do something different. And, um, you would not know to see her. She's amazing. She's raised millions of dollars to help with, um, alternative or complementary modalities of medicine around uh, medicine. Okay. Oh, okay. Uh, so like sharing stories like, like these, that that's my, my passion is helping people find out what is it that you want to do and, and know that it's not, just the shiny parts but how do we build that resiliency and She's strength a whole journey. and create the resources around you to get there and then I, and then I want to take this across the country and um, uh, share in very candid ways the story of the women that I'm putting together in this collaborative book and then create momentum labs in each city because it's fine to go to an event and get all charged up for the day It is, but what happens after? What happens after and that's why yeah. I had done keynotes for years and I love that part of it but then it was like I want how do we sustain yeah, It's too that. much of just a little pin. Yeah. To have Pump up a tire for an hour and then it's like, oh, that's great. And then you go back to your own environment. So how do we create consistency around?
0: Well, back to your training, back to all the things you mm-hmm. learned as an athlete is that consistent application of, of energy that creates a different outcome. Mm-hmm. And I think so many things are live. We read the books or we read the, the quotes and it's just a boom, boom. And it, you know, those are great. But having a bit of more of structure behind it, I think is where you can create real change.
1: Exactly. Zig Ziglar, I think it is that said, someone said to him, oh, you know, that motivation stuff doesn't work. He goes, yeah, I agree. It's kind of like a shower. It's you need it on a daily basis, because like, he said it doesn't <laughs> it's last. It's a great you're comeback. Right. It doesn't last. It, you need to surround yourself with those environments, right?
0: <laughs> that is, the shower is such an example. Oh, why are you going to take a shower? You're just going to have to take another one tomorrow. And you're like, you know what? I'm probably going to take one the day after that too. Uh-huh. I might get crazy and skip a day, but I'm probably going to take one every day.
1: Exactly. Oh, that's such
0: a good example. So when, the, so you're you're kicking this off right now. This sounds like the next evolution
1: of your journey is moving mm-hmm. into. Is the book r- r- being written as we speak? It's going to be spring, so we're doing an amazing Good for you. writing retreat with uh, bringing all these women together and um, oh, from all different walks. And I love uh, that
0: you're telling because we learn so much from stories mm-hmm. and it normalizes these people around us when you go, oh wow they're real too. Mm-hmm. They had challenges as well and look where they, I think it's so, we, in this world of disconnected through technology, we're still a village. We're mm-hmm. still a group of people. Mm-hmm. That, that's how we've learned for, for longer than we haven't. So let's continue on that path and be really honest about the, it's not the Hollywood version of everything's perfect and polish it so this is real because you're going to get a little dirt on your fingernails that's okay Mm -hmm. it's all part of it
1: and then it's way more sustainable and guess what then we can add the big uh, al and i this is our motto it's about the big f-u-n then we can have more fun with it right because some of the other stuff doesn't it's all about timing it's all timing right (laughs) all
0: about the f-u-n yeah
1: and to have fun with it
0: well, Michelle, it was absolutely inspiring to chat with you today. We've had many chats before and like I always say about The Plus Podcast, I get to sit with people in this very focused environment and allow the people to really share. So I really appreciate you being vulnerable with your own story and some of what you've gone through. But I don't know, you've left me super inspired in mm-hmm. terms of you know what can I do next? And that's the whole point of this podcast is talking to real people about real stories. So how would mm-hmm. someone get a hold of you and reach out? Because I'm assuming there's um, a lot, there's women, women, men sitting here right now going, how do I get more of this?
1: Mm-hmm. Um, you can go to um, my Websites michelle dot and my um, email is really short. It's my name okay. <laughs> at gmail Perfect. So that's probably the best.
0: And do you have anything upcoming? Do you have a keynote or any speaking events or um, someone can come right and see? Not right now.
1: In the new year. So
0: okay. Well, when the book comes out and when everything yeah. moves forward. Yeah. And I said you, one thing I want to touch on. not to circle back here right at the end. But you mentioned something that you're doing right now. A 30 day challenge.
1: Yeah, Al and I are doing a fun 30 day Facebook Live, and you can go. We're we're starting a new page on Facebook and it's okay, uh, go check it Al Alan Michelle um, on Facebook. And we, we did one in the summer and it was a 30-day feel-good challenge because you know what? It doesn't need to be big. It's just the little things. Absolutely. And our, part of our challenge was we were doing a Facebook Live every day so that we can't edit. It's not about being perfect. It's like, uh, okay, it. just jump in and do it. And it was really cool doing this with my husband because... Um, uh, you know the first one you can tell the difference from our first one but it's just like we're being candid we're being real and uh, so we, he, we're um, doing one right now too because it's leading up to one of his big birthdays okay <laughs> and um, we all have those big milestone dates yeah big milestone Remember, like I said I'm married a much older man no <laughs> he's actually like we, we keep active so that's, that's big and it's moderation I don't want to go kill myself doing anything now it's like oh, moderation hey, yeah. but so yeah 30 day feel good challenge and it's little things every day that we we can implement into it and just have some our motto is it's about the big f you and having fun, fun with it so N. yeah so you can uh, well
0: such a great example of just yeah. start with small things like small there's things. no reason there's no barrier to doing that we all can do no, it No,
1: everyone can do it and simple things it's, like
0: it's making the decision to do it and then just stick with it
1: yeah we, i'll tell you an example like we have taco tuesday like it's fun taco tuesday which has thoughtful actions committed over time like little things and we're having fun with it and then we just had minimum i minimum i can't even say it minimize monday like what things can we minimize out of our life that aren't that important we try and fit so much stuff in like making 12 different kinds of cookies before christmas which i'm sure you're going to be doing right
0: i'll be honest my wife is doing that with her mom with her mom and and her niece so that's a big thing at my house i just breeze through and test i'm part of the testing protocol
1: yeah so (laughs) it's funny you bring that up i think it's, it's booked for next sunday right it's fun but you know what If we do 10 of them this year, that's fine, right? So it's just...
0: Uh, my business partner and I joked even a couple of years ago as our business was growing, we said, You know what? This year, I think it was 2018, we're, we're going to be f- defined more this year by what we say no to, not what we say yes to. Because mm-hmm. as entrepreneurs, you say yes, you say yes, you say yes, and then you start to realize, Wow, if we're going to really own a certain area, we've got to say no to things. And that was a real hard transition for us. And in life, I think it's also the same, especially this kind of this season. How many events do you get invited to? Yeah, And you don't want to say no to any of them. But right. sometimes you need to give a little self care and maybe mm-hmm. staying at home and putting your pajamas on exactly. is, is the right thing to say yes to, <laughs> which means missing an event <laughs>
1: <laughs> which you know what gets me so excited getting home and just chillaxing oh yes yep. i'm
0: a big yes because all right the busier i get the more i value that time i was like, do you want to go out on friday night i'm like no i just want to stay home and chillax
1: mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> well michelle thank you so much it was an absolutely wonderful getting to know you and sharing some of
1: your views and experiences with the world so thank you very much well, thanks so much for having me i'm glad i made it down to this fabulous studio
0: appreciate it thank you Take care. hello and thank you for listening to today's episode i'm your host tyler chisholm I want to let you in on a little secret. I absolutely love doing these podcasts. The learning, the people, the curiosity, the insights, the, the wow factor of meeting people that I thought I knew and learning their deeper stories really proves the value of what happens when you take the time to be curious and actually care enough to ask. With that, I'm looking for your feedback. I'm looking for your input. I'm looking for what you like about the show, what you don't like about the show, where you'd like to see it headed in terms of guests, in terms of questions, a little bit deeper, please feel free to share. We'd love to get your feedback. Visit us on iTunes, it's on Spotify. Give us your review, give us your five stars if you feel so inclined, but more importantly, give us your feedback. Give us your input on what you want to hear on future shows and we will absolutely incorporate it. Thank you again for listening and have an awesome day.